y'all. It's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, Ignacy joins the show to talk about upcoming releases from Portal Games, review Nepsky, the first levy and campaign game, and watch the guys eat crickets in Taste Buds. Plus, Marty and Tony review the hot new expansion for Star Wars Outer Rim, Unfinished Business. Hello, welcome to episode 259 of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. You can't make old friends. My name is Marty. I'm Tony. And we have a very special guest today, all the way over from Poland. Hello, hello, Ignacy Trzewiczek. It has been a while since we've had you on the show. Year or two, like yeah, the past the time passed very, very quick. I think we're contractually obligated to have him on once a year at least. Maybe, maybe it's the case. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read the contracts in so long. I'm just happy he's here. He's doing well. Think of you often, man. <sighs> you doing okay? I'm doing very, very okay. Thank you. Mm, uh, good, 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 busy, happy. Yep. Oh, this is this is going to be so much fun. I'm babysitting my daughter's dogs and it's whining. Oh, make this stop. So far, the dog is super distracting me and because I'm not native speaker, so I need to think about speaking in English and looking at your dog and it is very, very difficult. I hope I will get used to that in upcoming minutes. Well, there's two of them. There, there's there's the one that's being a pain in the butt, and then there's the one that's being good right there over okay, my shoulder. I see him. He's the one, Marty, on the last podcast, I talked about the dogs. And um, the one in the back, uh, the shepherd-looking dog, is the one that killed the bunny. Mm. It was a positive show, Ignacy. Positive. I, I listened to the show. I listened to the story with the blood all over the place. Uh, very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> very, very gory. Well, the reason why we have Ignacy on is because, y'all, it's entering con season. And with that being the case, there's going to be a lot of great games coming out. And Ignacy said, hey, I got to tell you guys about some uh, amazing games that I'm releasing right now and getting ready to release. And I said, well, uh, they just come on the show and talk about it. But but before we get into all that, y'all, speaking of conventions, uh, all of us are going to be at Gen Con um, in August. And as we announced on our last episode, we have our big Strike Gen Con event. I mentioned it and sent a link so people could buy some tickets and about 20 tickets have been sold so far, but I haven't really pushed it because we've trying out a new ticketing system and wanted to make sure it works. And it seems like it's working great. Um, people have been able to order tickets and we've been able to follow who is, who's going to be coming and everything. So here's the deal, y'all. If you want to come to the, the biggest event at Gen Con on Thursday night at 530 in the old spaghetti factory, then uh, you need to come out to the strike tournament where we're going to be playing strike. Uh, you will come in, either be on the team of gladiators in arena or dice in a bowl. And we're going to play in a tournament, determine the ultimate winner of whether we have to call it gladiator, gladiators in arena or dice in a bowl for another year. You're going to get a meal out of this thing for just $25 per person. There's going to be prizes and giveaways. It is a lot of fun. Ignacy, you come as a special guest every year. I hope that you're going to be there again this year. I would love to be there. Absolutely. Now, wait a minute. I can't remember. Are you dice in a bowl or gladiators in arena? So I would uh, go for the dice in the bowl because I respect uh, the game, but I really, really hate it. And I think it's stupid. However, I respect that. So I think the <laughs> gladiators in the array is far too respectful title for this stupid game. I'm, I'm, wait a minute. So wait a minute. Oh, wait. Oh, whoa. Whoa. So here, okay. So here's the story. So here's the story. A few months ago, I got the training for my whole company. Like we took all the employees to the fancy hotel to do the training sessions, uh, 
do you know meet with every every employee etc etc two days event lots of training sessions after end of the whole training show all the training session most of my employees bought strike game because one of the employees brought strike and in the night they were all playing strike instead of uh, portal games tackles so i sent people to learn portal games tackles to learn our catalog to learn our <laughs> The designs and they were playing to very very late strike so yes strike is uh, like a pandemic uh, everybody wants to play it says the man who put out a game rattle battle grab the loot what was that well, didn't that ha- include a bunch of dice rolling Toche? yeah don't be shaking your head yeah this, <laughs> he said, yeah, this is a podcast <laughs> Yeah, he does his own podcast and he's over there in communication with just nodding his head. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I, I don't know. I don't know. We should probably bring up that game. That's like bringing up Seafall to Rob Davio. You know, it's just some things you just don't want to talk about. Not all of them can be 100% successful. I mean, let's face facts. Here's another story. Uh, I was in Vegas uh, on the year when we were releasing Rattle Battle Grab the Loot. I met with Z Garcia. I was very excited. And I told him that we are releasing a new game and the title is Rattle Battle Grab the Loot. And the face Z did when he heard the title was super fun because he wanted to be very American polite to me and not tell me that the <laughs> title is super stupid. <laughs> so he really struggled to tell me that, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Chevy Dot invited, invited, invented the title. So I'm t- taking credit for the bad game. Chevy Dot takes credit for the bad title. <laughs> Wow, that's just like under the bus, Chevy. Man, he's going to appreciate <laughs> <Wow>. that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, hold on. Let, let me right back around and close up the whole strike tournament loop. So here's the thing. You can go out to the website, buymeamoonpie.com. And right there, you'll be able to get tickets and also be able to support the show. And I just want to thank everybody who is already sponsoring the show that we have different levels of support, $1, $5, uh, which is basically buying, paying for our mistakes. And our, my favorite level, the $10 grumpy level, because uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah you're going to be grumpy if you're if you're giving any, any that sort of money to us. So thank you to all those who have contributed to the show so far. If you don't want to do a monthly membership, you can just do like a one-time. It's, it's kind of funny. It says, how many moon pies do you want to buy them? And you buy a certain number of moon pies as kind of a donation. So the site seems to be working well. It seems to be holding up and everybody, uh, it doesn't seem to have any issues with it. And we've uh, had a lot of interaction with people on our Discord channel, which we'd love you to join our Discord channel. Uh, Portal has a very active Discord channel. They have a huge channel of a bunch of people going on, talk about different things over there. Discord's just kind of the way to, to hook up now and hang out. In fact, guys, all of us are using Discord right now because we couldn't get any other way to work this morning, which is why we're starting 30 minutes later than we thought we would. Moloch expansion in action. Uh, always troubles. <laughs> One more con, though, before we get into a bunch of portal games. Uh, Ignacy, you're going to be sweeping through the U.S. In, in about a month or so, coming into the Dice Tower East uh, down in Orlando, and you're going to spend uh, uh, some time there. I think uh, Portal is an official sponsor of the event, right? Basically, the whole convention season started, and you can clearly see that. I just came back from Italy. I was at Play Modena, one the biggest board game show in Italy. Then I was in France for Bruno Faduti's Gathering of Friends. As we are speaking right now, my team is, is at UK Game Expo, presenting Gutenberg and uh, Batman Everybody Lies. I have a four weeks break and I go to America, Dice Tower East, and I'll be there 
presenting Batman, presenting Gutenberg, and I will have with me Brazil, one sample cup of Brazil to present at the show. And then I'm spending four weeks in America, traveling, meeting with fans in different cities, and I'm staying in America till GenCon. So convention season in a absolutely peak. COVID is getting back, hopefully, and we can finally meet and hang out and play games, and I really like it. And right after uh, Dice Tower East, you're going to be coming up to Atlanta, Georgia to hang out at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, where I'll be going down there and you and I'll be hanging out, playing games. You're going to be doing a couple panels down there. Uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo is a big convention that covers a bunch of different things. Uh, mainly, it's a it's a big arcade convention. And you like all arcade games, right? I want to <laughs> discover them. I want to play them. Uh, back then in Poland, we didn't have such stuff. Come on. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Oh, so there's not going to be a lot of nostalgia for you it then. It is discovery for me. So think about think about Poland in the 80s, Marty. It's, yep. yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, R- R- Russian, Russian tanks and that stuff, you know. Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. Pin, do you like pinball? Uh, yes, we. Uh, I played a couple of times pinball. It was in some of the pubs and bars in Poland, so it, it is more popular. Uh, so yes, absolutely. I'm going to play pinball. I'm going also to play arcades. I mean, there was some arcades. Like, it's not that no single, but it was absolutely not that popular as in in American and Western countries. So just a couple of places had an arcade, and it was uh, super awesome as well. So yes, I'm going there to have fun, play these all these uh, different uh, items and uh, devices, and hang out with the fans. So this is one of those uh, stops when I would just. I don't have a booth there. I don't have a stand. I don't have an actual you know, schedule. But if the fans in Atlanta wants to meet with me, we will find a table, play games, chat, and have fun. And guess what, everybody? We actually have a membership that we're going to give away to Southern Fry Gaming Expo. If you want to attend, I have two tickets that we're going to be giving away. And what we're going to be doing is setting up a survey where you can go out and basically what is your favorite arcade game, your favorite classic arcade game? And we're going to randomly choose two people uh, to give away these passes to. And uh, I'll get them out to you. I believe it's a, I can either mail it to you or I believe it's a code that you can just use to enter in and claim and get a membership. Now, obviously, please don't sign up for this unless you, if you don't think you'll go. Only sign up if you're planning on attending and you'll get a free pass to the event. It's three days of fun. It's a huge convention hall filled with arcade games and pinball machines. But aside from that, they're really building out their tabletop uh, area, which is uh, one thing I've been in charge of this year is setting up panels. And Ignacio is going to be doing a couple panels. I'm going to be doing like a game show th- uh, thing. Tantrum House is going to be doing something. So there's a lot of people that's going to be doing different uh, game tabletop-centric panels from miniatures to RPGs and, and board games. And then there's just a whole open gaming area with a library. So you can come and just pick up a board game, sit down and play. And it's in the middle of this whole spot where they have these rooms where they have classic consoles, like Nintendo consoles that you can go play. And uh, it, what is going on over there, Ignacio? He's, I can tell you exactly what he's doing. So he's rolling around in a chair and he just let the cat out. Good job, Detective Tommy. Thank you. I've played enough detective. I know I've played enough detective. I can figure this out. I don't have to flip no freaking cards. I don't have to move anything. I know exactly what he was doing. 
That's oh, my hilarious. head. So, yeah. So I got a quick, uh, so a couple questions here before you get, keep on your roll about giving out stuff that I now discovered. Thanks for the heads up on building a form so that people can enter this. I love how I find out things for the show. It's three fields, dude. Name, email address, and your favorite arcade game. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's just three forms. There you go. So when are y'all going to be there? Thursday? I mean, it's July, what? 16th? 17th? When is it? Uh, the exact dates are July 15th, 16th, and 17th in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So are y'all b- both coming in on Friday? I will be there on Friday. Yeah, I am. Yep. So, you, so you're so you not going to be there on Thursday? Nope. Okay. That's excellent because I just found out that I will be at a work thing in Atlanta, Georgia, the 12th through the 14th. Well, then just stay three more days. You're there. I'd already got something planned that weekend, but I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Well, Period. here's the thing, dude. We've known about this for months, so you could have planned to go. It's I could have like planned to go, but, but yeah, but you've got Gen Con and uh, that's, you got me, you know, I only go to one a year. I'm not like Ignacy. You're I can't. Already, he, Ignacy, he's already in Atlanta. He's already there on the company's dollar. And all he has to do is just space, spend three more days over a weekend. He's not even taking any time off. I listened to the previous episode when uh, Tony was explaining why he cannot play on Thursday's board games with you. So I guess he's not good with planning anyway. <laughs> no, oh, I'm good with planning. It's just stuff gets in the way. You're just planning not to play board games. I hear you. Okay. There you go. Why do I, why, why do I need to? That's just it. Marty can just play them all and talk about them and I can just be the side comic relief. That's what I am. Oh my gosh. So, and so, okay. So we're going to be there then. And then I think Ignacy is going to be traveling up to Charlotte the next weekend. What? Yeah. He's going to come up in Charlotte. He's going to be hanging out here. And, uh, so maybe, uh, Tony, maybe you'll, maybe you'll come see him then. Oh, I'll definitely come see him then. Do I need to clean the guest bedroom? Nope. Got, uh, he's going to have the entire basement. He and his son are going to have the entire basement to themselves. Wait a minute. He's bringing his son? This is an episode of all discoveries. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you will learn so much today. So wait a minute. Well, Ignacy, this is how this rolls. He just like, like he said, I got to go check my email. Like, where's the invite for this, for this invitation that we're recording? Well, it'll be in your inbox at 7.55. Okay, fine. I can do that. So as I keep getting more and more, he just, he'll, he'll give me these little carrots and the dog's licking her butt behind me and just distracted the part. I mean, I'm just, oh, I am off the rails. There, everybody want to see a view of this? Okay, for the podcast. Everybody, I'm, meaning us too. I'm yes. fine, thank you. No need more. Okay. <laughs> okay, very good. So, okay, y'all are in the basement over there, so I need to make sure I drive over. I got to put that on the calendar. Okay, fine. Yeah, so anyway, so Ignacy's making this big U.S. tour of multiple conventions from Dice Tower East to Southern Fried Gaming Expo all the way up to Gen Con to talk about all the amazing releases that's going to be happening with the first being one that just came out that we've talked about, Batman Detective. So how's that going for you? Uh, Batman Everybody Lies. Uh, we just uh, released uh, yesterday uh, a remix of different uh, reviews. And the one video that uh, collects all the different reviews. Uh, reviewers are happy. Fans are happy. Mm, uh, I am happy working on the sequel for the game. So more cases and more characters. So, so far, in a dream come true. Mm, very happy to design a game in uh, Batman. Uh, in uh, Gotham, in the Batman universe, this is my favorite uh, super superhero. Mm, uh, and uh, yeah, this is always the same case. The game is released, 
and I should be able to talk about this game, but I'm already designing a new game. <laughs> this is always confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Batman Everybody Lies, a detective game uh, that you are playing uh, investigators and doing some uh, murder mysteries. Uh, not always about the mur- murder, sometimes different different plots. Four cases in the box, and Batman is officially released. Right now, we are presenting it at UK Game Expo, and then at the Death Tower East, we continue to show the game. We will have a dedicated room to play detective games. So, this is a silent room, multi played there back then, many years ago, the base game of detective. It was a great experience. So, yes, we have the same room this year as well to promote the game, to present it. And we are reaching so many new fans. I'm, I'm answering so many questions from the people who never played Detective, who never heard about Detective, and this is exactly the goal why you are uh, acquiring license to reach the, the new audience. So I answer so many questions explaining uh, what is a legacy game, what is the uh, replayability of this game, how it works that you know the murderer and you cannot play again. So all these people who are surprised that the board game is more like a movie, more like a comic book, and less like a Monopoly. You cannot play it over and over and over again. You just saw the movie, you just saw the... In a TV show, you just played uh, Batman Everybody Lies, you know who is the murderer, what was the plot, you had a great experience, uh, as we call it the game night experience, and you move on to the next case, next case, and then uh, you are done with the game. So yeah, uh, it's exciting to reach new audiences, it's exciting to reach new gamers, and well, we're working on the next episodes. So you're, so you're going to be coming out with basically an expansion for this? We are doing now a standalone game. It will be on a Kickstarter uh, this fall yeah. season. And with this Kickstarter, we'll have more cases. We'll have uh, not yet announced. This is a, a spoiler, but it is not yet announced. We will have some uh, guest writers, quite quite interesting names. We will announce them uh, later this year. And we'll have a bigger um, variety of different characters that you can play. So you can play as a... You will be able to play as a Batgirl, as a Nightwing, and all different allies of the Batman. So, like for cool. us, this base release of Batman Everybody Lies is like reaching this new audience, showing the game, showing the potential of the of the whole system. And then in the fall season, we'll see. We will say if you like this base game, if you like this base experience, hey, here's a ton of new cases, ton of new characters. You can dive in, check out the Kickstarter. So this was happening this fall season. Mm, as I said, as 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 I'm speaking, uh, my team is working on these new cases. Do you get to do any other types of games with this license, or only the detective yeah, style no, games? We have we have uh, we have signed a deal for story driven games. I guess I could just try to stretch this uh, license to do like a game book uh, versions or something like that. Uh, but we have a working system. The system works perfectly well uh, with Batman. We added, as you guys know, we added this. Uh, a secret goals mechanism that each character has some personal agenda, uh, which is super super cool. And I don't think that we need to de- discover uh, like brand new engines, brand new rules. Like Detective and Batman makes so much sense that we are not going to stretch this license. We will just go with the more stories, more cases. So yeah, but basically the context is about the story driven games. So I got a burning question here, and you you don't have to answer it. You can ma- as a matter of fact just shun me and say I'm not going to. And do you ever get to play as Batman? Yes, in the Kickstarter, yes. Uh, but the, 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 the thing is, uh, we can discuss it, it's interesting. So if uh, in the base game of, of Batman Everybody Lies, uh, there is a playing character Batman, 
everybody at the table would argue who will play the Batman and uh, the rest of the players will be like, oh, he's playing Batman and we are not. So the, the, this character is so amazing and so iconic that it will make it, it was going to do imbalance when you are playing at the table and uh, everybody will be not happy if somebody else is playing Batman. So with the Kickstarter, we are going to uh, present as, uh, as one of the options uh, solo scenarios, special solo, solo cases. And these cases are dedicated for the one player. They are constructed a little bit different. And in these cases, you are going to play uh, Batman. And it's just for, for the one player, he's only playing uh, Batman. Mm, uh, we had a lot of discussion because uh, on one hand, you are buying the game Batman, everybody lies, and you expect to play Batman, and then there's no Batman. Mm, so we, we were debating about that, but yes, and play testing and discussions with the company showed if one player is playing Batman, everybody else is not happy that they are not playing Batman. But the reviewers are saying that this is fine, that they're, that they're having Batman as an ally, as a non-player character, visiting Batcave, talking to Batman, uh, uh, having him as a consultant makes perfect sense. Yeah, not everybody can be Batman. Let's face facts. Come on, people. I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. Uh, because it's one of those things that and when people play, it's like, well, I want to be Batman. Because I immediately thought, man, if you play as Batman, everybody's going to want to play that. So taking that off the table, it was like, oh, okay, so now we all get to interact with Batman in some sort of way based on the character that you're playing. Yeah, that was that was very clever. I liked it. I really uh, I really like what you did is how you modified some of the rules and some of the game. It's a little bit uh, easier to probably get into than the base detective. But one thing I really loved was the personal objectives. I thought that was really interesting where everybody has their own little goals that they're working on aside from the major case. And when I was watching the new movie, I guess you guys watched the new Batman? No. Tony, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> hey. I'm sorry, I haven't been to a theater in forever, so I, no, I have not watched it. I guess half of you watched the movie. I saw it twice. I, I saw it for Tony. I saw it twice. There it comes. So there is a discussion like Batman and Catwoman in this movie, they have this one goal, but there's so many scenes when Catwoman says to Batman, oh, no, I'm not doing that. And she does something completely right. different because she has her personal agenda. And I was watching this movie and said, this is exactly my game. This is a what we did in our game that the Batman and Catwoman working together, but there's so many situations when she says, no, I'm not doing that, <laughs> get off. And she's doing something completely yeah. different. And this is like in our game, it's awesome. Yeah, I 100%, I really, really, really like that, especially when there's the tension of, you need to spend resources in order to basically work on some of your objectives, but there are, res there are pooled resources that everybody has access to. And it's like, why should you get access to those resources for your own personal agenda? So it creates a little bit of tension between the players for solving the overall case because you're taking resources that could be used for the uh, whole case in itself. So what is the one tip that you give new players to this game? What, what, what is the one thing you always tell them that we can share with our audience? Yeah, there's is, there is lots of uh, tweaks uh, that you can make this game even more fun for you. The most important, I would say... And always please remember when you play this game, on every card, there are clues. So if you're reading the card, and I see it in the playtesting uh, sometimes, uh, the playtesters are reading the card and they say, oh, nothing interesting. And I'm then like, you just miss it. <laughs> There's always something interesting. So when you finish the reading the card, I super strongly recommend then always do little brainstorming. Hey guys, what do you think what we just learned? What was, which sentence was this uh, secret clue that Ignacy put on this card? Like there's always something. So if you read the card and you said, eh, meh card, nothing interesting, 
read it again because there's always something interesting on every single card but obviously uh, we are hiding it we are doing it so you will not spot it on the first glance uh, so always always after reading the card the whole group discuss what was hidden here what ignace put on this card uh, that we need to figure it out so marty um i shouldn't be reading the card yada yada blah 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 okay no, where's no where you probably we shouldn't blah blah. <laughs> blah 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 okay next card no, next no, card no, let's yeah. go yeah, he's not very good in, the, in the, the flavor text. All right, so that is out right now. Uh, people can go pick it up. You can play it. Uh, if you're coming to any of these events that we talked about earlier, uh, you'll be able to try out the game there. I think you're, are you doing an event at Gen Con for Batman? Yes, and it was sold out. Uh, Vinny is doing that for us uh, the, from Double Explosion, and he said after three minutes, it was sold out. So uh, very, Excellent. very happy. Uh, I, I wish uh, we have a more, more, more spots, but we had only 100. Um, uh, seats for this event for uh, for 25 groups mm, it was just bam and sold out so many people will have fun with batman at gen con that's for sure and we also we have a special Excellent. dedicated room for that so it is a silent because when you're playing these narrative games you have to hear each other it cannot be noisy like in a games room in a regular gen con open gaming area so yes we have dedicated room as i said it was sold out immediately and uh, i'll be there having fun with fans so the next game coming out is gutenberg uh, which is a game that was released over in Europe last year. Now, this isn't uh, designed by you or, or anybody at Portal, but you're going to be releasing an English version in the U.S. So tell us about that. So this is a brand new strategy for the Portal games. It is uh, for for many fans, maybe they will not notice that, but for us here internally, it is a big step, uh, change of the strategy. So for years, Portal Games was known as a publisher of the game for the American market. But not everybody maybe understood this was publishing and developing these games. Like these are all games created in-house. We were developers and then we were publishing that. And now as the company grows and as our contacts worldwide are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, we decided that let's not only be publisher of our in-house games, but let's find some gems. Let's find some very interesting games that we know that exist and let's bring them to America because we have built the company. We have a distribution. We have marketing. We have everything in uh, prepared for the uh, good publication. And the first game that we picked uh, for this new strategy is Gutenberg. It is a game from the Polish company Granna. The game was released in Essen last year. It was sold out during the fair. A major, major hit. And we have a great relationship with the Granna and we contacted them and said uh, we can bring this game to America. We can give this game a lot of respect and credit and present it in the right way and make it successful in America. And here we are many, many months ago. Uh, later when the game is finally releasing. Uh, I'm very proud uh, once because I know Granna personally is a great company. I love this game personally. We played this uh, as a private copy. I had my private copy. I played it. I loved it. So very interesting game and I'm also proud because the brand new strategy for the company. So like so many things happening with this one title. Many gamers will just go to the store, buy the game. They will not know the whole background, how important it is, was the gravity of this of this change of the strategy for our company here. So we were supposed to be actually covering this game on this episode, but uh, somebody here at the last minute had to go out of town for work. So we'll we'll cover it next episode. Master Scheduler. Why does it have to be me? Why are we assuming it's me? <laughs> <laughs> we established that you have reputation with scheduling. It's not... Yeah. Oh. It's other people's inability to schedule. It's their, oh, wait, we need this. Okay? 
I can't help that. You don't get hurricanes in Poland, do you, Ignacy? Uh, no, that I know. No. Okay. What What's your big weather events there? A uh, big frost, freeze, rain, freezing heavy, heavy, rains. Uh, heavy rain, heavy snowing, but no. Uh, luckily, we have uh, rather standard European weather. Nothing, nothing big. Blizzards. Mm, I guess you would be you be laughing out of our blizzards. <laughs> so I mean, I've I mean, y'all still have snow on the ground over there, don't you? When I was a child, there was real, real winter. These days, my kids have like a fake winter, so they like it's a little bit of white. But like when, back then, when I was a kid, we were just building the castles after the snow, and we were you know throwing these the snow. Like there was real winter. These days, like two two inches of snow, and that's all. Oh wow! Okay, okay. So you know, and you walked up to school uphill both ways, right? Coming home. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He he walked through twelve feet of snow and went to school. And so speaking about the Gutenberg. Yeah. So speaking about the Gutenberg, it's a great Euro game from from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Got to have somebody here and get us back on track. So what? What? But what is the con? And I saw him turning. I didn't get to read the rules, which thank goodness I got sent out of town where I would have been laughed out of game night for not reading the rules. So I'm turning a bunch of wheels. I'm trying to make victory points. Is that pretty much kind of sum it up that so, way? Yeah. So speaking about the rules, this is interesting. So I learned this game. My friends visit me. I got this new copy of Gutenberg and I said, okay, let's try to play it. And we actually opened the rule book, read the rule book together and played the game. And it was so smooth and so nice. And it doesn't mean the game is easy. It means that the game is super well developed and produced, and the whole kudos goes to the grandma, not not me. Like you can see, so much playtesting, so much polishing, so much care about every single icon in the game, the layout of the board. Like it feels, I said it in the in, in Portal Games vlog, it feels like a German design, like very well put together after many developers, you know, debating how to make it even more smooth, more easy to understand for the players. So I was super, super happy. We opened rulebook, we read the rulebook, and we just played no issues whatsoever. So it is a middle a middle wave euro, uh, not so easy, not so so difficult. Uh, but the way how you approach it, it's so so smooth, and I'm very proud of of designers. See, I like that. I like that where you you're not going to be beat down. You know, it's you're challenged. It's fun it's a f- something to get to the table 60 to 120 minutes that's right in my wheelhouse right there and it is very very thematic uh, guys uh, everyone knows that i am this board game tell stories of course this is not a story driven game but as with many good euro games every rule makes sense you understand what you are doing you are taking the orders to print the books you are buying the inks to print these books you are buying the fonts to print these books like everything in this game makes total sense and after one or two rounds, you are perfectly knowing which part of the board is uh, for what, uh, what is the phase, uh, how you can do it. A thematic, a cool game. And because Granna actually mostly is a manufacturer, like, uh, they are doing games, but basically it is a manufacturer. So they have a great ability to produce uh, great components. And this game comes with the actual real wooden fonts. You can really take the game component Put it in the ink and start, you know, not printing, but making as like a stamp. Like these are real three D three D fonts. It looks stunning on the on the on the table. But if you have little kids, you can even show them how the books were made, just showing them the the actual fonts. And so we have a great package. It's a great great game, smooth, 
know, with a couple of nice tweets, I will not dive into it because, uh, of course, it is difficult to understand the mechanics without seeing the components. But there's a couple of nice twists. Mm -hmm. uh, but the most, the most amazing game about this game is you see it, you understand, you enjoy, you play. No browsing rulebook during the game. Oh, love it. So I'm confused. I'm on, I'm on the, by the way, head over to portalgames.pl for all your information. That's portalgames.pl. Just want to get that in there. Portalgamesus.com. I can go to both, can I? You can go to portalgames.pl slash en, or you can go to portalgamesus.com. Yeah. Is the problem ours on the URL links, or is it yours? <laughs> Our URL, official URL, is portalgamesus.com, and the other one, portalgames.pl slash en, is a... Uh, Long story. <laughs> okay. The bottom, line, the bottom line, I never trust coders because they always tell me something that is super confusing <laughs> and makes me mad. <laughs> so, so I'm over here and I'm on the Gutenberg page and it says, this game's for you if you love stunning components. Okay, I do. It's not for you if you like killing monsters. Okay, now I'm confused. Is it for me or not for me? You love strong theme in games. I do. But it's not for you if your group has five or more players. Okay, so that's good to know. I generally don't. So yeah, okay, this game's for me. I'm liking this, and I like Euro games. Yes, we we are we are making these uh, these small, I would call them little sell sheets with information uh, why you should have this game and why it is not. So this is not Ameritrash game and no miniatures, no killing monsters. That's uh, for sure. But if you like a good German design, uh, this is maybe your pick for the summer. Well, speaking of picks for the summer, you have another game that you're going to be bringing us at uh, Gen Con, which I am super excited about just by seeing the pictures because I think the art and everything looks amazing. Tell us about that. Brazil, Brazil from the Brazilian uh, publishers and publish, uh, Brazilian designers. This game was uh, on a Kickstarter and it's the same situation like with the Gutenberg. It is not a game developed by us, but we found it, we spotted it, we played it, we loved it, and we contacted the the publisher and said, hey, we can bring this game to North America. This is an amazing game. What you say? And they said, yes. And here we are with this, uh, with this contract for the, for the game, Brazil. And they call it, they call this, uh, I, I never heard this phrase before. They call it Euro X. And they mean like the, in these uh, strategy games are called 4X, explore, extend, blah, blah, blah. And they say this is a Euro X. So what they mean is uh, you have a map and this map is done from the hacks so depending on different scenarios you play depending how many players you have different map uh, layout but you have this map you have your city your founding city your capital and then you are starting uh, discovering new lands discovering uh, new places where you can grab resources you are building your forces you are in improving your technology and you're building your villages and uh, starting to create the, the greatest the greatest uh, part of the of the country. So it is like a 4X combined with the Euro Euro style. I don't want to go for the lame comparison, but reminds a little bit of the site. The site is the same situation. You are going to, on the map, you have these big mechs that they can sometimes fight, but basically it is also Euro game. Let's, let's call it, uh, even though it looks like Ameritrash. So this is uh, quite the same situation. It's a Euro game, we are getting victory points for almost everything, like for your goals, for your buildings that you build, for the battles you want, ton of way to get victory points. But the feeling is so much more Ameritrash because you are building these cities, because you are discovering new lands, because you are fighting somebody uh, over the board. So a great package, as you mentioned, the artwork is mind-blowing. 
the components are absolutely insane because the game was on a Kickstarter, so everybody can imagine uh, if the game is on a Kickstarter, it has to be amazing uh, because the visual is part of the Kickstarters. Uh, and now we are doing the retail version with the beautiful components as well. I'm very proud of this. Uh, this game in Poland is produced by different publisher. We didn't manage to sign a, sign a contract for the Polish uh, Polish market, but we are very proud to bring this, this game to North America. And I will have a copy with me at the Dice Tower East. So if your listeners will be at the Dice Tower East, grab me and I will do a demo for you. Then I will bring the copy to Atlanta. Then I will bring a copy to Charlotte. And then I will, of course, uh, bring a copy to uh, copies to GenCon. At GenCon, we will have a limited stock. We are doing the thing that the, all of you who are long enough in the in the history, industry, in the hobby knows that some publishers fly copies in because the print is not ready, but the GenCon is already there. So you have to have some copies. So we have uh, some limited stock uh, for GenCon. We are flying these copies from the from China, and then the actual release uh, will be in September in North America. So at GenCon pre-release of Brazil and my little tourne around the States, if you grab me at some point, you will play Brazil. I'm playing. When they pitched uh, Euro X, 4X plus Euro, I was like all in. That is a awesome description of a game. It's like for longtime gamers, you get what they're trying to convey with that name Euro X. I really want to see if it plays out that way. Yeah, yeah. You have uh, you have all these basic actions that you are buildings, buildings. You are gathering resources. You are up- upgrading your 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 buildings. You are building your army. You have all the things uh, that we know from for X games, but then it is designed by the uh, Euro designer. Like so everything makes super sense. It is not on a random die roll, but with the different things. So. Nah, I think that it will. That America is a perfect market for this game because it has a lot of theme, but also has these modern, amazing rules. So I'm looking forward for the first, uh, first initial demos of the game at the Death Tower East, and hopefully the world be, will spread out around the convention and then on board game etc. etc. Is this an historical based game? So this is so this is designed by the Brazilian designer. Uh, and uh, it's about the culture of, of Brazil. We are doing with this game because it is a it, the theme is a colonialist. Is a, how, how you say it? Yes, colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So the time when uh, Brazil uh, had these uh, different different nations and different people invading them because of the resources and the wealth of the of, of the country. So it is a very difficult theme. In these days we are doing something, and uh, I guess our listeners know. And um, people who follow me on Twitter know it even even better. I'm a huge sucker for the GMT games. I have a huge collection of GMT games. I love historical games. So with this uh, Portal Games edition, we did something uh, as GMT does. They call it, I think, playbooks, and they call it playbooks yep. in the in, in the in the rule books. And what is this? That uh, along with the rule book that explains the rules of the game, we have a different different book that explains the background, the history, uh, what this game is all about. Uh, uh, which card is from the based on the real event, etc., etc. So we hired a, mm, a historian here in Poland mm, uh, who wrote a piece about the history of Brazil and history of this period and uh, about these characters who are in this game and how it all, all went. And then we hired uh, Jason Perez, who is a industry consultant. He works for Asmodee, for Ravensburger, for many many companies, mm, uh, and he he edited a couple of, of paragraphs. And then we are having amazing, amazing tool to 
uh, present the keys of the Brazil. I was exchanging emails with Jason uh, and, and told him, Jason, you have probably no clue about the history of Poland because it was not taught in American school. I had no education whatsoever about the history of the Brazil because guess what? In Poland, in schools, we don't learn about the history of Brazil. So for me, reading this uh, playbook, reading this, this this chapter was just reading about the history of the Brazil, some part of this history. Uh, fascinating. And uh, I, I do it with GMT games as well. I buy the game, the historical game, and then I learn about the thing. I remember when I was listening to your podcast, when you were playing this solo game about the postman in Gdansk, uh, the war mm-hmm. game. This is like, we are all learning about this uh, part of the history that are never part of the school. Yeah, mm-hmm. But with the board games, we can learn something, something more, some small things. So uh, for Brazil, I know so much more now than I used to know uh, back then. So Tony, sounds like what we're going to be unloading uh, when we help set up the booth at Gen Con is boxes of Brazil. Yes, I'm there. I'm going to be doing. I can't wait to put the floor down. I can't wait to set up the booth it's and then come back box. and see how. It's a big booth, bigger big, than normal. No, no, it's a big box, heavy box. There's a lot big, of big box. I'll I'll get the stretches in beforehand. I'll go over our safety protocols. Sorry, so everybody's listening. Sounds like limited number of copies. If you're going to Gen Con, there's always that race when the door first opens to go and get the hot game. So uh, some people do this. Uh, will you be letting people reserve the game and pay for it beforehand and pick it up? Probably yes, but basically it's the first time we are having the situation that we have to fly copies in. I always... Uh... And I was very vocal about this. I always was saying that this is like a, a lame marketing. Hey, we have only limited copies. Buy it now or never. Like this is this is lame. Uh, but with the whole hell that is happening in, in China these days, I guess uh, in these upcoming shows, we more and more of this because uh, these stupid ships are not sailing. These containers are always busy. Uh, so yeah, we will have to do this for the first time. The key sort of our Gencon appearances. And uh, probably yes, we will have a pre-orders on our website so we can secure your copy. Uh, but uh, I was not working on this yet, so we are not not ready with this at this point. I just know from my uh, logistic and production department uh, that's three days for September. And if I want my copies, and I want my copies, we are going for air shipping. So you're still feeling those effects, huh? This is uh, so this week. The manufacturer who is doing Robinson Crusoe Collector's Edition. Finally started working full time because for the past uh, few four or five months uh, they were closed part part partially due to the COVID. Uh, here in Europe uh, there is no restrictions whatsoever. In America, I know there's less and less restrictions. While at the beginning of this year in China the COVID hit again super super strongly. Many manufacturers were closed down. I had to put, you know, this app, this on a, on a game, on a Kickstarter pages about the delays. Backers are not believing because I guess it is not covered in uh, in the news that in China the COVID is still very, very strong. We are still living in a very difficult time. As uh, I listened to your episode with uh, Mr. Berkey, Kevin, and it was uh, all he said is true and is dreadful. And uh, it's really, really difficult to be uh, I would not say publisher, generally speaking, business person in these days, because things are changing so, so drastically every couple of months and we have to adjust and we have to explain to customers what's going on. So it's kind of hard to plan, isn't it? It is so difficult these days to know what's going on, going to happen. And we have this 
Kickstarter updates, we have these plans, hey, we will release this game on Gencon, suddenly we will not release this game on Gencon, we just airship some copies, hey, we will release this game for Essen, hey, maybe not, like this is, this is absolutely roller coaster these days, I have my full-time person, Damian, who is uh, my logistic person, and uh, I cannot express how I'm sorry for him that his daytime job is dealing with these delays, like he's, what he's doing is his job occupation, bringing these games to, to the company. And every day, every week, he has this stress, this pressure that he's going to come to the boss, come to me, come to the president of the company and says, boss, we have a problem. The ship didn't, 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 didn't end. Yes, and I fully understand the problems. I fully you know, sympathize with these problems, but I know that he's so much stressed. And I cannot do anything with that. So these are very difficult times. All right, so here we go. So a recap real quick. Batman Everybody Lies out right now. Yep. Gutenberg releases... On uh, June 9th. So by the time this episode drops. And then uh, Brazil is going to have limited release at Gen Con with full release, hopefully in September. Correct. And it uh, sounds like uh, we need to get um, all three of those games. I'm really lo- looking forward to Brazil. I'm really wanting to see how that, that works and everything. So, well, How's our favorite designer doing over at Portal? How's she doing? Janga. Jung, Janna, uh-huh. Janna has a couple of days off, but basically she's working on the Torgal. And with the Torgal, this is our next year big uh, big thing. For us, Torgal is a massive project. It is going to be a massive, massive game. It is done by Janna and Janek, the, the, the new guy in the company. Uh, this is a story-driven, scenario, scenario-driven big game based on the super, super big IP that is not very popular in America. So on our our shoulders is now, on one hand, create a great game, and this is in the hands of Janka, and I'm pretty confident that we will have a great game, but also we have to explain, promote, present this big IP that is a super big bestseller in Europe, in France, in Poland. But for you guys, uh, the name Torgal most likely doesn't ring a bell. And okay, I'm gonna have ep- to get this is epic series with like uh, almost 100 uh, comic books, uh, few sequels, few side side uh, side series. A huge thing in France, huge thing in in Poland uh, is a Viking themed game. Oh, I'm I'm paying attention. What? Where? What? Spell this? What? Yeah, you you should you should you should check out the Torgal, the comic book, uh, first two or three episodes, and you will see. This is a very unique Torgal, Torgal uh, series because it is not about just, uh, you know, invading, uh, burning, uh, killing, etc. Like, not much violence, but it's about the stories, about the Viking culture, about the myths, about the mysterious uh, persons from, the, from this culture. So it's a very interesting story-driven comic book that is in the Viking uh, theme, Viking history, Viking uh, culture but not about the pillaging and killing. It's about all different interesting stories. So very, very eager to, for Americans to discover this, uh, these comic books and then discover our game. Janka is on it. You have the most wins of Squirrelies. And I'm just kind of curious what she was going to do for us for, you know, just thinking. I mean, <laughs> most wins for not ever having produced a game, not having the wins for games we've never played. I was just looking for, you know, just thinking. 
well, I'm coming to Charlotte only to teach you Stronghold Down Dead so I can win finally the, the award <laughs> game of the year, not the game we haven't played. So. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Oh, oh well, we've been, we've been delaying it, and but we're it's not, time. We're not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's time. No. It, it's time that... Uh, oh, God. For taste buds. Now, uh, unfortunately, Ignacy couldn't participate. I can. In this I can. I, I'm prepared. I have. Oh, you're prepared. I have, I have cookies with me. Okay. So while Ignacy uh, eats cookies, and I have a couple, uh, gonna... couple of different cookies just to, you know, have. Just to compare yeah, and contrast. With you. So um, one of our listeners, Muffin Puffy, uh, sent us basically fried crickets. These came from Amazon. Yes, Amazon here in the U.S. carries crickets. And there's three different flavors. There's bacon and cheese, salt and vinegar, sour cream and onion. And uh, we uh, originally tried one of these uh, on our Twitch channel. And if you want to go see us try it live for the first time along with durian, freeze-dried durian and some sort of nasty durian puffs, go to our YouTube channel, uh, Roll Dice Tech Names, and you can see I, I downloaded the Twitch stream so anybody can watch it. I strongly, I strongly recommend it. Great video. <laughs> well, I need to, I need to save some of that durian and let you try it when no, you get here. No, 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 no. It is oh, it's bad. I it the is video. so bad. So, <laughs> um, so what we did, we said we would save uh, trying the two that we didn't try, which is sour cream and onion and bacon and cheese, and compare and see which one we like first. So. We have three flavors of crickets. Ignacy has cookies. But before we get started. Ignacy, what do you think of our theme song? Do you sing along when it comes I on? I must say that it uh, it has something that when I listen to it, it stays with me for a couple of more minutes. It, it, it's, it's, it's weird, Taste it's strange, but it works, really works. <laughs> oh, all right, Tony. Uh, what do we want to try first here? Again, these are fried crickets, bacon and cheese, salt and vinegar, sour cream and onion. You know, Mary's horses don't even eat this. Salt and vinegar you already you already ate at the at the stream. Yeah. So, but we'll we'll try another one just so we could compare with the other two. So, yeah. which one should we try? Now, see, you pick sour cream and onion or bacon and cheese first. Bacon and cheese. Eat. Bacon and cheese crickets. Let me show you exactly what we're going to be eating here. So we can see that pretty well. That. Sure, you don't want to try one of these? It looks disgusting. I have a ginger bread. Gingerbread, gingerbread. <laughs> Gingerbread crickets. It's all. It's all the same thing. I got scissors here, cutting the, cutting these open. All right. So I know that trying these live, that these aren't as bad as what you think they're gonna be. Oh, wait a minute. This one still has legs, Ignacy. Look at that. Ugh. See the legs. Oh, if I want to do that one, you didn't pull the leg. I thought these were supposed to be de-legged. 
I don't have my wretch bucket with me. I don't have my wretch bucket. I, I don't so. think you'll need it. You got a pretty strong stomach. I mean, he, he was downing durian and crickets together. So, all right, here we go. First up, uh, bacon and cheese. Why uh, am I doing this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks to muffin puppy. You are, you are reading. You are reading in my head why they are doing this. <laughs> It's for entertainment and no one can see me. So I could throw this over my shoulder and no That's one true. would know. And the dogs, I don't even know if, I may have to give it to one of the dogs. See, see if, if one they of even them, eat it. See if they even eat it. Go and do it to your dog, please. Right. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good enough for me. It's not good enough for a dog. I got you, McNasty. All right, here we go. Let's do this. Oh, God. One, two, three. Um, No taste. It's not as prevalent as the salt and vinegar. How's your cookie, Ignacy? Is it good? It's amazing. It's in <sighs> chocolate. And mm -hmm. basically like a lot gingerbread, so I'm happy. Okay. So now contrast that with maybe uh, eating a crunchy little carapace that just breaks up into little small fragments into your mouth with a very slight seasoning of maybe some bacon. So that, that's, that's the difference between that's what you had and what I just... Go go grind this up and put them on Donna's eggs this morning. So so I have a question. So this cricket yeah. that you are you, that you are eating, you are doing this for entertainment. But why other <laughs> people are buying that? Like, what's the actual purpose of this thing? <laughs> that there are actually people who are actually eating it. You know that is a very good point. Obviously, this is being sold and uh, marketed and packaged and everything. So there must be buyers out there that like these things like the, people are buying it for the prank for the joke or this is like somebody who really loves it yeah. and eat it for the breakfast like uh, both i would say that you know we, we talked about this in that episode where it's like you know this is going to be the world's next food source but in china or in, in different countries like not in america like not in charlotte that you have a person in your uh, in, in your job that is eating crickets no I mean, they might, they may be doing it under the table and I don't know about it. I mean, you know, I'm not going to judge them for this. I mean, it's a food source. I mean, maybe I meant to ask Mary this about would eating crickets be on a vegetarian's menu? I wouldn't think so. I don't know. <laughs> what, too many questions. Re research that for me. Ignacy. I I'd, okay. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. I mean. So why why are we yes if for entertainment for us but for what why would other people be buying this I have no earthly idea other than it's a joke it's a prank it, they want to challenge people it's like Marty and uh, Jamie doing this hot sauce stuff why would anybody want to eat all that hot stuff I don't understand it's not me but if for others it is why why did people enjoy cookies because they are good well that tastes good. <laughs> 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 all right so uh next Ooh. up sour cream and onion okay if i have to i've already eaten one. Oh god S sour cream and onion this is a at least this smells like sour cream and what's your favorite flavor of potato chip ignasi it's salted with the salt salt just regular yep. salt okay okay but my wife married but my wife married hacked the system and she buys the potato chips with a very weird, strange uh, taste, and I don't eat them, and she eats the whole package, and this is unfair. <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. All right, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Sour cream and onion. 
Oh, hold on, what, what cookie are you going to be eating this time? Now I have a cookie with a white chocolate. Chocolate. I got it from my fans uh, this this oh. week. So white ch uh, milk chocolate, very good. Oh, nice. Yeah, much okay. So sour cream, sour cream and onion cricket versus a white chocolate cookie. All right, one, two, three. I taste the flavor of sour cream and onion <laughs> more. Here's the thing. Try to explain what a eating a cricket is. There's not much there. It's like a crunchy, almost maybe like a burnt, puffed uh, Cheeto or something. Like like there's the consistency is just like a. I don't even know. There's nothing on the inside. It's literally just the shell. It's a shell. It's like a crunchy shell, and then it kind of just disintegrates in your mouth into little bits. So, how much of these crickets you should eat to actually feed yourself? It has, it has nutritional facts on the back. You, you need a lot. I mean, like this whole one, this one serving is four calories with barely, with barely uh, protein. This whole box of, of uh, crickets is just four calories. So look, hey, if you're looking for a low-cal diet, crickets. There you go, crickets. All right, so Tony? Yeah. Between the three, which do you like the best? Um, I'm going to have to go with. Uh, the salt and vinegar was probably my favorite. Me too. I'll go salt and vinegar. Then I'll probably go sour cream and onion and bacon and cheese. But that's as far as this goes. That's it. I've done it. I said I've done it. <laughs> Till the next Ooh. time. Next time. Next time. I don't know what's next. Time. See, this was something. So when we did this, um, was that last week, Marty? No. When did we do this originally? Uh, A week ago? Yeah. A week ago, yeah. So I went and got a um, my my booster for COVID, and that booster really wrecked me. And it just so happens followed up us eating this stuff. So I didn't plan very well. See, once again, not a good planner. I just want to warn you that in one interview, just one interview many years ago, I said that I like cookies, and that it became viral, and I started bringing. Uh, ton of cookies from convention. So you might be surprised when you go to Gen Con and your listeners and fans approach you with all this strange food for you to taste. And you can bring home like a boxes of the weird food and you've just been warned. Yeah, so you, you did it right. You you did something that actually tastes good of cookie. And we did... So here's the thing. It didn't mean to start out that way. The first thing we this ever tried, internet. somebody actually brought this Everything up. Everything goes viral. Yeah, so, so the first thing we tried, somebody said it may have been your first, the uh, Coke Zero uh, news, new Coke Zero sugar. That's one of the first things you ever tried before we even called it Taste Buds or just tried doing a taste test. And so it was drinks mainly. And then all of a sudden, some of our listeners got our address and then stuff starts showing up in the middle. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Prepare for the Gen Con. It's going to be fun for you. So, no, 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 no. It's, it doesn't have to be fun. I can be grumpy. You don't need to be bringing me anything. Okay, just, I tell you what, why don't you bring me cookies that I can then give to Ignasi? How about that? That's what I want to do. Also, oh, are we get, are we going to get to play that Not Your Soccer game, the one that we played three years ago? That's are we a tradition, to play that absolutely, again? yes. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm Wednesday, in. Wednesday, Wednesday before the Gen Con starts, it, it's tradition for many, many years. World Cup, uh, one of the most random games ever and still amazingly awesome. How's 11 coming? We are just showing it to the press uh, here at the UK Game Expo. We have a press meetings uh, for the whole show. 
and uh, the game uh, if nothing uh, crazy happens in China it is safe for the uh, for the Essen release mm, uh, so this is our um, Essen release in Germany and worldwide and then you have this uh, weird World Cup in Qatar mm, uh, during the uh, November and December so we are going to promote Eleven very very strongly during this World Cup all right, so Muffin Puffy, thank you again for sending us the uh, the crickets. Can can we get back to the better tasting stuff? I I hope so, but I'm afraid this is going to open up a, a window of opportunity for people to. It's going to open up a can of worms. Literally, there might be a can of worms we have to eat sometime. And remember that fans the fans would love to surprise you, so they are going to get more and more surprising gifts for you. So yeah, beware. Well, here's the thing: you you didn't have to put that into their head. <laughs> you can bring it all you want. It doesn't mean I have to eat it. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm freaking fifty five years old. I make up my own mind. That would be disrespectful. If the fan brings you something super weird, you have to try it. Get ready to be disrespected. <laughs> Tony, I don't know about you, but it seems like every week there's some special promotion or big deal that Miniature Market is running, and it just comes out of the blue. It's not like they announce, hey, in a few days we're going to be running this massive sale or or give a huge percentage off on miniatures or card sleeves or RPGs or all these games, it just drops. And then if you aren't fast with your fingers, those games that you might be interested in may be gone because once those sales pop up and they give you typically for a big sale, they'll give you a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet that you can download and quickly sort and find the game that you want. You gotta be quick back over to their site and grab it or they will be gone. It just seems like they're all the time running huge deals. Absolutely. 10 a.m. is when I'm always, I'm, it seems like it hits on 10 a.m. on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Just me. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe it could adjust Mondays or whatever. But also, Marty, I don't know if you've noticed that Miniature Market is also expanding their warehouse. I don't know if they've knocked out a wall or whatever, but they have been putting in puzzles. And you know, Donna and I love our puzzles. So I'm always saying, ooh, what's this puzzle they're advertising? These 4D puzzles. They've put in a lot more. Oh, just the other day, there were all these dice sets that were on there. All kinds of products. They're, they seem to be expanding what they want. Always have the cheapest prices that, they can, that you can find on the internet. And if you can't, be sure to put in for a price match. You might get lucky and they'll consider matching that price if they can find it as well. But I agree with you, Marty. They always have a great sale going on over there. Speaking of which, I just saw that OP Games uh, later this year is releasing a thousand piece Mario puzzle that I thought looked cool. And I was going to point it out to you to see if you had any interest in it because it looked like a really cool puzzle that they were releasing. Anytime a puzzle comes out, we're always interested in it. That's it. You just need to stay up to date on stuff that's going on over there. And around every holiday, they're always doing big sales. They did one big one for Memorial Day. More than likely, they'll do one for July 4th. And with the con season right here, they got to make some room for all these new games that are coming out. So I can expect some probably big sales coming up from them. So to keep up to date with them, go join their newsletter, follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and head over to miniaturemarket.com. So for weeks and weeks and weeks, I've been hearing a constant whine about how somebody is constantly being handed his hind in by some guy in Poland on this coin type game. And 
I, I don't get to play it, but I get to hear about it. You two have had an amazing adventure going on here, haven't you? Yes. Uh, so it's not a coin type game. <laughs> it is It is something totally different. Levy. So, uh, Nasi, you, uh, Levy and Campaign. And Ignacy, you mentioned in the uh, intro segment about the fact that you've just been really getting into GMT games lately, and so have I. And I think we both kind of did a deep dive into coin games last year, which was a series that was started by uh, Volker Runka. And uh, there's been a lot of coin games since then. Well, he, uh, Volker, introduced a brand new type of game last year called Levy and Campaign, which is totally different than coin. And it's also gaining a lot of traction and a lot of new games are coming out in that system. And the first one was Nevsky. And you and I basically played some remote games of Nevsky. We tried to learn how to play the game and just kind of get into it. I'm really impressed how much Tony doesn't care about this. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm just playing with the dog. <laughs> uh, yes. Nevsky, Levian campaign is not coin. Yeah, I knew that. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we discovered the Nevsky and uh, we contacted on the WhatsApp and we played the game together. First, we played on the Discord, uh, like we both were learning together the game over the Discord and it took us like two or three hours to play the whole game, the initial scenario. And uh, we both had a blast. Uh, so we decided, okay, let's play again uh, through the WhatsApp. It's a very strange concept, but it works. It, it really works that people on two different continents can actually play the game, recording the moves and then sending the video. And it takes a lot of time, obviously. Uh, one game takes us like a one month, uh, but it's a brilliant experience, uh, both in terms of the, how the game is awesome, Nesky, and the whole experience of playing on the WhatsApp. I really enjoy that, the fact that I see the move of my opponent and I have uh, the time to analyze, think, prepare, like there's nobody at the table, you know, yelling at me, hey, you're doing a downtime, play faster. No, no, like uh, the other... That'd be Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so you have the whole time to prepare, to think what's your, your plan. So you have this additional, I would say, additional layer of of this feeling, of this emotion of you being the strategist, you being the general, and you just coming up with the idea. So I loved it, uh, along with the game itself. And so what is Levy and Campaign? We're not going to go into basically how the Nevsky all works and everything, but th this first game is called Nevsky because it's based in the years 2040 to 2042. And you may know this history better than I do, um, Ignacy. Uh, the Teutons basically were trying to invade Russia. Apparently, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Apparently. All right. So maybe you don't know as much as I do. Okay. So the whole no, no, idea I know, of the uh, Levy... No, no. So I know from the schools... The, the Teutons, who are called in uh, in Polish language as a Krzyżacy, Krzyżacy, a lot of uh, consonants. Uh -huh. uh, and okay. they are, yes, they, they were our enemy. So, yes, we were told in the schools, Krzyżacy, bad guys. That's what I know from the school. So, where did they come from? Where did they hail from? Germans. Balt Germany. Yep. Germany? Right. Yep. Between Latin Latin and Orthodox Russian, the, the, the Latin Teutonic and Orthodox Russian powers. Okay. See, we need to. This this is what these games are. They they teach us. They tell us stories. I've oh, heard that 100%. from. I've heard this and from a you, great guy. That board games get, you, tell you stories. If you get this, you need to read the playbook because it's really interesting. Because what Volka tried to do is replicate middle aged warfare, and it was very different during that time. So this is called Levian Campaign, and it's broke because the 
phases, each round is broken up in two phases. The campaign is kind of what you'd expect, Ignacy, right? I mean, the concept of, I'm air quoting, dudes on a map. You've got military forces that are moving around an area. You may run up a, a, upon your foe. You're going to line them up. You're going to roll some dice to have different strengths and everything like that. You're going to take some damage, etc. That all kind of feels very similar to a lot of other war games, right? The campaign portion. Yeah, of you that. have your forces, move them on the map, uh, in, in uh, siege the castles, uh, kick some asses, roll dice as a regular war game. But then there's a twist. The twist is the levy portion of the game. Because the levy portion is the very first thing you do on your turn. And the concept of levy is, during this time, there are a bunch of different lords over different areas of the country. And if a lord, say, wanted to say, oh, I want to invade this area, uh, another country, everybody in that region around him wasn't necessarily on board, uh, right? So he had to ask them, would you come and help me out? So he would try to, hey, uh, Lord, Lord Bob, would you come and help me out on this? And if they agree to, then they contribute your forces to them for some period of time, and then you get to use their forces. And they ask how much money I can earn from this adventure. That is like, they, yes, we will join you if we have some loot. Yes, exactly. Which is all part of the levy portion of the uh, uh, of the campaign. So you're going to be what they call muster. You're going to be asking lords to come onto the field. And it's not automatic. There's a die roll that you have to make. And if you succeed, they come onto the field. What's really cool about the map is you got the map, and up at the top, you have a calendar of a period of time that you're going to be playing. And there's different scenarios. Sometimes you'll play the entire calendar, sometimes just a portion of the calendar. And each Lord has a marker. And when they come into play, they say, okay, you're going to put the Lord's marker on the calendar so many months in advance. Over time, as, as you go through the months, when you get to the month when you're uh, in the same month as that Lord's marker, you have to pay them to stay on the field, right? Now, so you got to pay them something to stay around. And in so many cases during the game, you figure out, oh my God, we don't have money. And these guys <laughs> are saying, so we are done here. And they are removed from the map. And these are the moments that are so mind-blowing and so entertaining and so thematic, like this is exactly what was happening there. There's no money. I'm taking my soldiers. I'm coming back to my castle. I'm not going to lose more time and waste my soldiers for your war. Either you pay me, either not. So we as uh, players who play this game and we have to manage all these resources. Do we have money to pay for these lords? And there was so many cases when you played this couple of games of Nevsky that suddenly our big force is just removed from the map. The guy says... Goodbye. <laughs> he goes back. <laughs> and uh, because and then if if he goes away, he uh, you indicate on the marker. You could put his marker further out in the calendar, indicating that look in a few months. Ask me again. Yep. Maybe I'll come back then. So a few months later, you may have the opportunity to remuster them uh, back onto the field. But it's not just uh, that that marker on the calendar could also move, meaning when you fight, it takes supplies to fight. And this is very much a heavy resource management game, right? And I say, this isn't just moving guys around. You've got a lot of resources to maintain. There is, there is food, there is your transport ways, and there is this loot. And sometimes uh, when you attack, when you have a battle, the crucial 
for you is just to get the loot. Like whatever you will kill somebody, maybe you will not kill, but you want this loot. You need this money to then use them to keep your forces in the game. But the, the, you just mentioned the, the second super thematic part of the game for me is the difficulty of transport, of the whole logistic, like the winter and the sleds and you cannot move or sometimes you can. And it's also super thematic and it brings so many pictures in my head when I see these forces, you know, in the mud and they cannot cross the river and it gets so slow. And so money and transport, every time we have a problem, every time we have to figure out, it is not only we are fighting the other player, it is not only we are fighting other, uh, other soldiers, we are fighting all these difficulties with our soldiers, with our armies. And you got to feed. Every time you do something with the army, you got to feed them. If somebody attacks you, you got to feed them because somebody attacks you. And if you don't feed them, that Lord marker on the board that you're using may start shifting uh, towards your present time, which means that's less time that they're going to be on the field unless you pay them you, you, you know, to, to, to stay there. You got to consider number of carts that you have, like you said, number of boats that you have to ship things. In this particular Nevsky, when, uh, like you mentioned, in the winter, everything freezes over. So you don't use carts or boats anymore. You just use sleds. But during the winter time, you get to make less moves. And I think this is extremely interesting too. So during the whole levy portion, you're going to draw some cards that called, they're called the Art of War cards, which may be event cards that you can play or conditions that stay in play the entire game. Uh, you can uh, pay to keep people around. You can muster new lords. Each lord has uh, forces. They have artillery. They have cavalry. They have foot soldiers that you can muster to put them into play. And then when you move into the campaign, I think this is the interesting part. Depending on the time of the year, you do your planning campaign where you may have, hey, during this campaign, you only have six turns in this campaign that you can make with all the lords on your board. You must decide now, before we go into this, which of these lords are going to activate and in what order. And that part I thought was really cool. The more we talk about this game, the more I want to play the game. Uh, but <laughs> you are right. Like uh, you are preparing face down. You are putting face down cards with the shields of your lords. So you have to prepare for the whole big round which lord will be activated. Uh, basically, once again, being a super super thematic, and that's why I love this game. Uh, they don't have a, a radio. They don't have the internet. They just send the orders. And these orders are sent, and that's it. And you cannot adjust these orders. Hey, hey, we have a change of plan. No, 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 this plan is already running. So once again, when we played this game, we had so many situations when we were trying to outsmart the opponent, when we were trying to plan and see what he might be willing to do, and then he does something else. And But it's too late. Your plan is already running. You, you cannot adjust it. And once again, it gives the laws of entertainment in this game and loads of this amazing moments when things are falling apart for you because you didn't predict something and it is too late to, to change it. And the more you play, I guess, the, the better you get at this is as Ignacy, you and I are playing against each other. If it's getting towards the end of the game, it, there's some bluffing, right? Maybe you position somebody the turn before thinking, I'm going to make him think that I'm going to move this guy to try to take over that fort. 
but I'm not. I actually want to move a different guy. So you're thinking the same thing. What exactly is he going to do? And lots of times, sometimes we predict correctly. And sometimes we fall for a bluff. And it's like, ah, geez, he didn't move that Lord at all. And I wasted a card protecting against that Lord coming in to fight me. And he's not even doing it. And now let's combine it with once again the huge difficulty with movement of these forces. They are very slow and they can cross the river, but they cannot cross these. Like there's a lot of things that you have considered moving. So if you plan it wrong, suddenly you, your forces in the wrong part of the map. It is no way to bring them back to the to the action. Suddenly your castle is under the siege. Uh, I absolutely love the, the experience. And I loved it both in the terms of the theme, how it is telling an amazing story in terms of very smart rules that are great implementation of the real uh, world situations, I guess. Amazing. During the campaign, you're, what you're going to do is in your turn, you're going to flip over a card and you're going to have, each Lord has a number of actions they can take. And this is where it's going to feel like typical war game. You can march, you can siege stuff, uh, you can supply. Sometimes you just got to get some additional food. You can ravage areas. You can tax in order to get money. So there's a lot of different things that you can do with your actions on that particular. And every Lord's different. Some may have two actions. Some may have three actions. The little minutia of how you move and stuff. Ignacy, I think that's the hard part, right? It's like when it came to battle, we had to pull out the rule book and slowly walk through how does a battle work? Who attacks first? Who attacks second? How do we resolve everything? When the battle's over, the resolution of battle, who won, who lost, do you drop loot? Can I retreat? That minutia is the part that you really got to spend a lot of time on. But I think just the overall play of the game that we just talked about, I think is the main appeal of it. Once again, the battles, they are very abstract on one hand. And on the other hand, once again, super interesting in terms of the strategy, because when you get the hits, you decide which of the units will take the hit. And it is very, very important if you're making hits on the units that were already attacking, very powerful, or the less attack, less powerful, the very interesting. And in not many war games, I saw this whole big part of the, of the rules that at some point you just escape. You say, okay, we will not win this battle. Let's just get out of this before we are all done. Because when you escape from the battle on your terms, like you say, okay, I am escaping. We are not going to fight. You have more chances to protect the food, protect the loot, protect some of the people. If you are too into the battle too much and you lose the battle, you will be just destroyed because there's no way to evacuate safely. So even these super abstract battles, Tells amazing, amazing stories, amazing situations uh, that you can imagine what's happening there. And as you play through that turn, you also got to start thinking too, well, during the next levy phase, when I muster, when I can uh, get supply or get more units, you got to be at a friendly area. So if you're in the enemy territory during the levy phase, you're not going to get to do anything. You have to backtrack to get to a safe castle or a zone just so you can refresh yourself and and, and muster some more uh, people around, stuff like that. So you got to think about all that as, as you're playing through it. Now, Tony, here's where I can bring you back in. Oh, I, well, yeah, I'm paying attention. Guess how you win these games. Victory points. Victory points. It oh, still comes down to victory points because as you play, you're going to ravage lands for victory points. You're going to take over strongholds for victory points and basically after a scenario the person with the most victory points wins novel idea <laughs> it all comes down to victory points 
<laughs> but it's how you get there. It's the adventure. It's, it's how you get there. Yeah. And and many times, at Ignacio, the game, some of the games we played, there wasn't that many battles. Literally, we were positioning ourselves for months in, in terms of uh, a game time to potentially grab a few victory points here and there for that big battle at the end to try to turn the tides and win. There's a lot of bluffing and uh, the risk of getting to the battle. And we go to the battle and one of us will will be destroyed and we'll lose a lot of uh, potential. So we were, both of, both of us, rather were bluffing, moving this army, but not actually wanting to attack because it's too risky to put so many soldiers, so many people in the battle and you don't know how it ends. So sometimes there are battles, but it's definitely when you see how many soldiers we have, how many lords are marching, there's not that many battles because we are afraid of going to the battle. Again, a lot of it's just kind of positioning yourself. There were turns that we would take that no battles happened at all. But now you still can called ravage the land uh, where you can ravage and get a half a victory point when you do that. But when you ravage the land, it's no longer produces any food either. So sometimes you may not want to ravage land because that might be a supply source of food for you. So many things to think about. Tony, you've played a coin game. I have. I, I will say that this is totally different than a coin. I don't think they're similar hardly at all. It's it. This is just a two-player game. These are two-player games. I don't know. Is it one of those things that sounds interesting that you'd like to try sometime? Is it something? Yeah. Anytime that you bring in the history from that standpoint, the levy. Uh, matter of fact, while y'all are talking, you know, I'm squirreling over here doing something. This is the first in their series. The next one is coming out, uh, I think, this month. Have you two already, already pre-ordered it? Already it? released. I have it. Alma, Alma, Alma something. Alma Ravid. Okay, so y'all got it all. Y'all got it from GMT. Yes, and uh, we did the P500, so we got a good deal on it. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already been looking at this, Ignacy. This one brings in political stuff. I don't know if you've looked at the rules. So there's this whole idea of cities can have political states of like being neutral or or favor a particular faction, which will affect things you can do in that particular city, which is interesting. I was so interested in the the theme uh, that I actually, this week I bought a historical book, like real book to learn more because uh, once again, in Poland, we didn't uh, learn about the history of Spain. Why would we? Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. going to learn more because it's super interesting. And if I'm, I would say that it, it may be interesting for Tony Nevsky because you guys play a lot of train games, and train games is uh, mm. logistics, is uh, also co- co- connections, and this is a war game with a lot of this. How I can get this uh, this stuff going on? There's so much logistics in this war game. So I would say that there is a chance that Tony would enjoy this game. Oh, I know I would. Well, I can't say I know I would enjoy it, but I got a good feeling I would just from the period of history. That's why I'm looking at it. Okay, so they had Nevsky come out and then they have, uh, how did you say, Alamorvid? (laughs) Alamorvid. Alamorvid. I'll never get it. And I'm like, that. they added this political side. I'm saying, okay, so do I jump in here? I mean, it's on pre-order at Miniature Market right now. So uh, I don't know what y'all paid at the P500, which is a great deal, I'm sure. Um, 50, uh, I, for me, it's 50 or 55 US dollars. It wasn't a lot. Yeah. And then shipping, of course. So I'm looking at, um, shipping miniature market. It's amazing. <laughs> How much is it at miniature market? 63. Okay. That's not bad. Uh, so it's about the same ballpark. One that they're working on this, uh, they're working on right now, 10. Called- 10. 
I'm working on 10. I was going to say, but one of them's called Henry, uh, which is supposed to be a very small scale down, very small map of a lot fewer lords. Henry's supposed to be like the intro uh, to levying campaign. So mm-hmm. that'll be the one that y'all want to look out for too. So, and f- in fact, Ignacy, in your magazine, your portal magazine, one of the first that came out, you listed your top games of 2021. What was your number one game? My number one game was a Nesky. I was absolutely obsessed with this game. Really, really, really. And because on top of these super interesting rules, the theme of this game reminds me a lot the role-playing game campaign I wrote and published here in Poland. It was called uh, Winter uh, uh, Winter Soldier, I would think, something like that in English. Anyway, it was a cam- an unofficial campaign for Warhammer role-playing game. It was and it was about a, a unit of soldiers fighting in the winter against the goblins and all etc. etc. So the team of this game marching through the Russia in the winter and trying to invade Russia with these totons who worked perfectly well with the whole months of my work with this Warhammer unofficial campaign. Uh, so I had this additional layer of fun, uh, you know, seeing all these uh, places and events. So yeah, for me, game of the year, absolutely. And it was very strong yeah. also for Net- for GMT. I-, I saw in the interviews, uh, Folko saying that it was surprising hit for the company. Like uh, the team, let's face it, is a super niche team. Uh, doesn't sound super sexy like some Teutons invading Russia back then in Middle Ages. <laughs> like this is not super, uh, super hot topic. And it was selling like crazy, as Folko says, because the game is so unique and so uh, original that it became a sleeping hit for the company. And so just like how Coin has taken off, Levin Campaign is going to take off. Now, Volka is not doing all uh, 10 of these. Uh, he's done the first two. But like in uh, Coin Games, other people can come in and basically use that system. He's a consultant. You can help them out. Yep. And he's the consultant for him. So uh, go check out. The, there's a bunch of different uh, themes and stuff coming on. Two are out now. Uh, like I said, the one we just talked about, Almoravid, it takes place in Iberian Peninsula in Spain. It's basically Christians versus Muslims. It's during that uh, t- uh, time period and the struggles that they have with these, each other. And it introduces political intrigue. So in this one, Ignacio, it's going to be nice. If Volca says, hey, if you're sick of dealing with the winter and ice and everything, you got to deal with any of that here. Transporting is a lot easier in Almoravid than it is in Nevsky. I went... Thank you, because it was a real pain in the butt when I would look at the map and go, oh, look, I don't have enough boats in order to get my supplies over to there. Thank you. I, I should have mustered more boats this time. I have this amazing two-minute video with Marty complaining on his moves. It was... <laughs> I told you. I, that's why I started this off with. That's all I've heard about. Wait, 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 wait. Ignacy's going to beat me. Get used to it. I edited his videos, and it was quite fun. <laughs> I, we should share. Did I share that? I don't know. No. Do Do you still have it? Yes. Okay. Send Send it to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna share it after this episode. So now that we've talked about it, we could share. Uh, send it out to me again. I'll put it on the YouTube channel. And uh, it's just a quick clip of me basically complaining over the course of a campaign, oh, which was so much funny. So, so y'all. So well, 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 not, So which one do you want me to buy? Which one do I need to buy? Man, I don't. I haven't played Almoravid yet. But you've played enough games with me to know what my history, thought process, what I enjoy. Is it the logistics side of it, or is it going to be the political side of it? Well, here's the thing: is I Almoravid still has the logistics side of it. That doesn't go away. 
It's just that it's just that you haven't got to deal with three different types of transport, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Why would you Why would you need to buy the copy? You are going to play on WhatsApp with Marty. Can you Can you just visit him and play on his copy? He lives a, He lives an hour away. That's That's very 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 huge distance. Well, even though we're in the same city, uh, yeah, we live about forty five minutes away, and so we pack a lunch when we want to play games at each other's house. I, I don't know. I haven't played Almoravid. I think I'm very interested in the theme of Almoravid and the, the political. The map's probably a tad smaller. It does look a tad smaller, Ignasi, uh, on it. I saw lots of castles. Lots of, like, it looks like much more crowded with the locations. Like, uh, so many castles on this. I don't know the function of them yet because I haven't read the rulebook. But uh, in, uh, in Nesky, there's much more, less space. Like, there's just, just empty space and a couple of villages. And here the castle, 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 amazing, amazing map. Yeah. So, uh, Tony, we, uh, I don't know. It's uh, whichever theme I think you think is the most interesting, I think would be the one that you would get into the most personally. Okay. Cause I'm sitting here looking at the components. I'm trying to find out which one has the most wood pieces. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I've, I've stickered both of them, so I'm, I'm good. So, (laughs) (laughs) so Ignacy, if someone only stickers one side of pieces, is that a bad thing? It's, It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought now, so. To be fa- to be fair, the pieces in this are only supposed to be done on one side because you just put it. I guess you could do both, but the one the extras and they sent you are supposedly extra stickers in case the other ones get damaged. But you don't. It's not like commanding colors where you stand them up and see both sides of a block. It's a disc face down. So I bought the commands and colors. I was very surprised back then that I need to sticker them. It took me the whole weekend to sticker the, the whole pieces. And then a couple of months ago, I bought the expansion for Commands and Colors. And guess what? I was again surprised that there are, <laughs> there are stickers. Like, why? I didn't think that there was again the same case. Uh, and I gave up and I didn't stick it yet. Uh, so, this is so stupid task to just one sticker, second, 132, 134, like, oh my God. <laughs> I will say that uh, I know that maybe the theme sounds bland or everything, but the art and graphics of the boards and everything is really gorgeous. I think the Nevsky and Amaravan maps and just the layout is just a really nice board. Mm-hmm. I agree. So for Igna- in your catalog, Ignasi, there's not a big war game like this, is there? No, I can't we, think we, of anything. No, no. We uh, I did uh, Stronghold Undead, but officially it's, it's done now by Stronghold Games. And uh, we move towards story-driven games and Euro games, no war games. So war games is my 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 hobby, my private time. I have, as, as I said, a huge collection of war games, and I treat it as my escape from the uh, from the world. Like playing these war games, gotcha. they are different enough from the standard games that I don't find it as a job. I find it as a as a fun time in the in the afternoons. I understand. Okay. All right. So there you go. Nevsky, uh, currently out now, part of the Levian campaign system. Amarava just came out. It's a time sink. This is not something you're just going to open the box, read the rules, and go, okay, let's sit down and play. They do have intro scenarios. Like all GMT games, they have a playbook where they actually walk you through individual moves and say, do this, do this. This is how this works. This is how this works. It is an investment. If you've played coin games, you know that's an investment of learning how the system works. Personally, I don't know. Ignacy, I think to me, Nevsky took me longer to learn than like Cuba Libre did. We have to admit that with the coin games, I mean, at least with the Cuba Libre, you have this player's aid 
and you are ready to go. Like this one player's aid lists all the actions that are available for you, and it's super easy. With Nesky, you have the battles, completely different thing. You have all these phases. So yeah, Nesky, I would say, is, is more complex. I mean, it, it felt more complex for me. It's definitely a different, different situation as we discussed earlier. Gutenberg, buy the game, open the rulebook, read the rulebook and play the game. Here, open the game, open the rulebook, cry. Two weeks later, you can play mm. the game. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. But just off the bat, do you have a preference right now between levy and campaign and coin? Definitely levy. Yes. Yep. Mm, me too. Okay. Le- levy and campaign, like everyone that comes out, I will probably pre-order because, you know, these will be spaced so far apart because it takes some years for all these things to come out. But right now, levy and campaign is my obsession over coin. Coin's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. This is only two player. That is a downside to this. So coin can play multiple players. This is only two. So you have to keep that in mind. But I also prefer Levin Campaign at this point in time. There you go. Levin Campaign. GMT Games. Volca, thank you. The Outer Rim Review is sponsored by Game Toppers, where the late pledge manager is open right now. So if you missed the original Kickstarter, now is the time to jump in, get a Game Topper, get some mats, because the late pledge manager is only going to be open until July. Go check it out at GameToppersLLC.com. Tony, I remember a couple years ago, I mistakenly said that there was an expansion for Star Wars Outer Rim. And I think I actually had to pony up $5 for that because at the time, there had not been one announced. No, there wasn't. I don't know if it was a couple years ago or last year, but yeah, you and I both, we were, has there been one? We don't know. We were for sure there had been one. People were like, no, there hasn't been one. But they must have heard us and they said, yes. oh my gosh, these guys look like idiots because they said there was an expansion and there wasn't one. So Fantasy Flight and designers Tony Fancy and Corey Kaneska said, Let's put out a Star Wars Outer Rim expansion. So they did it actually just for us to swipe egg off of our face. You know, and that's what I thought too. I thought it was one <laughs> of those things where they were like, hey, we're looking out for you. We appreciate you. You knew it was coming. You were just a little bit early. You had premonitions. You were like, oh man, you were all clairvoyant on this. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing too. Because Outer Rims, let me. Well, Outer Rim is not Outer Rims. S. Ah, uh, there's no S. It's still Outer Rim. It can be Outer Rims. There's multiple rims. But there's only one here. And it's only a half a rim. It is. Here's the thing. I'm going to cut to the chase real quick. You yes. love to do this, so I'm going to do it on this one. Or you can you do so, it, yes. Uh, so this expansion uh, called Unfinished Business, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say right now, and we'll explain why, I think if you like Star Wars Outer Rim, you're going to want this expansion. And every time you play this game, you will include this expansion some way. And we'll explain why as we go. Okay, I was going to say, I was going to sit back and listen to why you think so. We'll get into that. So for those who haven't played Star Wars Outer Realm, what is it? So basically, you're playing as bounty hunters. And some of the darker people from from the Star Wars universe is your your smugglers and bounty hunters. And you're out in the Outer Realm and you're trying to run some jobs, maybe collect some bounty, all for the purpose of collecting fame. And Tony, you said that, well, this isn't really a full circle. It's not. So the map is like a semicircle. You have a lot of adjoining planets. And the goal is, is you're playing a character with a special ship and you're flying between planets, picking up jobs, 
uh, pick up and delivery jobs, trying to find bounties, capture them, kill them, upgrade your ship, upgrade your person, maybe do some battles with some of the uh, forces that you run across your way as you're in space, all for the goal of getting fame. Not victory points, fame. This is a totally different game. This has nothing to do with because, victory Because you're not trying to accumulate a, to a, a whole lot of fame. You're trying to get just to 10. a... Just 10 in the original. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm struggling here. I, I was paying semi-attention to you because I was sitting there thinking, when did Star Wars Outer Rim come out? Was it 2020? And I didn't want to you know, throw off your, your mojo you had going there because I'm like, how long has that been? I believe it came out in 2019. I remember playing this. And I know that when we sat down the first time we played it, we had to play it. We we played it a second time before we talked about it. And I really enjoyed the game. I'm surprised. And I, I'm going to, I can't wait as we talk about this to hear the reason why you like it. Because to me, I would have thought Tony will not like this game because you're not really into the narrative style games, which this has some of that. But it's the right level. It is okay. not the eldritch horror Arkham stuff of paragraph after paragraph of stuff. This is, there's some villainy and scum in the galaxy. Go kill them. That's, that speaks to me right there. And I'm also, you know, last, it was so funny, but I knew we were going to be talking about this today that last night, Star Wars, a new hope was on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, am I going to fall asleep? If as I watch this again, and why am I watching this again? 1977, dude, mm -hmm. man, that was a long time ago. Just this past weekend, Obi-Wan, uh, the new series on Disney Plus started, and I watched the first two episodes of this. So it's, I, I think it's appropriate this comes out now. I mean, right. uh, so it, it's, and we just had Star Wars Celebration, which announced a bunch of new movies and TV shows and everything. So Fantasy Flight was smart to release it around this time with a lot of big Star Wars news. This game was enjoyable. Yes. The dice... Um, dice rolling, it's that same level for me, Outer Rim. I'm just like, okay, I'm not having to do a whole lot of manipulations. It was pretty straightforward. Everything, once we were playing it before, you know, as we started playing the expansion, I'm like, am I going to remember everything about this game? And it did. It flooded back. It was like hyperdrive in my mind coming back to me on this game. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Now, like, you got to upgrade your ship. You talked about you start out with ships and all in Outer Rim, but you got to upgrade it. You got to get mm -hmm. some crew. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember liking this. I was liking some of the interaction where I could go harass you a little bit, go battle you. I was like, this is so good. Man, I wish we could play this more. But maybe expansion will allow us to do that. So the expansion adds eight new characters, which is nice. A lot more uh, people to choose from to play, plus brand new ships. So right off the bat, you've got a lot more playable characters that you can choose. In addition, they've added all brand new cards to the existing decks, new upgrades, new jobs, uh, etc. So each of the decks have a few more cards added to them, which is nice because uh, I heard some of the complaints of the original is actually you could go through those decks pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this way, there's a lot more cards. There's a lot more options every time that we play. They've added new types of contacts. Uh, on the original board, there's a place at each planet for two contacts. The new contacts they've added here, you just put directly on the planet. Mm -hmm. So that means there's new data cards in the deck. And for those who don't know, when you interact with the contact, it'll say, read data card number such and such. And Tony, this is where some of the narrative come in. Right. Like you said, there's some reading, but it's not heavy reading. It'll say, 
uh, hey, if you have a particular skill, everybody has special skills on their card or uh, alliances. Hey, if you're allied with this faction, such as the Imperial, the Rebels, read this. If not, skip to here. Very mm-hmm. straightforward. And then you had to make some sort of test, like you said, with rolling some dice and your hits depend on whether you had that skill or not or whether uh, which icons show whether you're successful. And then, like you said, you might be able to like that contact gets added as a crew to you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's a contact you're looking for a bounty for, and maybe you have to fight them. And those dice are also used in combat too. So you're going to do some damage to them. You'll take some damage back, and it, it's all very thematic. And uh, it's, it is you do have a lot of player interaction because what happens if one of your crew members is the kind of somebody I wanted that to collect a bounty on? That I got to come hunt you down, do a head to head with you to see if I can steal him. And so I can take you back and turn him in for some money. Or I can say, you know what? I'm tired of him being on my ship. I'm going to just go fight him yourself. I don't care. Or trade him. Trade him. It's like, hey, you got a bounty I need. I got a bounty I, you need. I need. So let's just meet at this yeah. planet. We'll swap people and we'll be on our way. We, we are smugglers here. Mm-hmm. There, is no re- there is no honor among thieves. That's what they say. I don't know who they is, but that's what they say. And it's in the rule book. There were a couple of new things. One thing I want to talk about in the expansion that I think solved a big problem I did have with this. Do you mean the original? The original. And out, yeah. Outer Rims. Okay, it's Outer Rim. All right, fine. It's like Lords of the... Ooh. Lords of the, the Waterdeep. Well, Lords of the Waterdeep, yeah. Oh, yes. God, that... Oh, that's a that way throwback. A that's nine-year <laughs> throwback, big boy. Wow. Okay, so one of the biggest complaints that I had in the original was that if you were on one side of the rim, you had to go all the way across to get to the other side. If you had to do a delivery, pick up and delivery, you had a job, you need to go do that. So you had to get across the verse. They've added two tokens to the end of the rims that allow you to hyperdrive to the other side. And that to me is a big huge change for this game. Now there's some, there's some challenges in the, in in this hyperdrive, you know, things can fail. People can come and attack you. If you don't have a favor with the Imperial Mm -hmm. faction, it's going to be a lot tougher jump for you because now you've left the outer rims and moving into their space. So the test will be a lot tougher, but if you are aligned with the Imperials, it'll be a little bit easier test for you to jump to the other side. And I 100% totally agree. To me, this is one of those things that you'll never play without those two extra tiles on the end of the rim so you can make that jump because it does make the ease of, like you said, oh, geez, I just picked up a job and it's on the total opposite side of the rim of where I am. It's going to take me forever to get there. Like I said, something can fail. The Imperials can board you. You know, they if you don't have the cargo hold uh, to hide stuff, you're in trouble right there. So that that was one of the big pluses to me for the expansion. Did you have a big plus? That was number one. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two is they've added two additional types of variants. The one that I liked more so than the other was co- was new goals. Mm-hmm. These are new personal goals that everybody got at the beginning of the game. And uh, basically what we did was they said, okay, if, if you're going to play with the goals, instead of playing to 10 points, only play to eight. And then you must achieve uh, these goals uh, in order to win the game. So you're the first to eight points, get all of your personal objectives done, and then you win the game. And the personal objectives contain maybe like three or four items that you need to work through over the course of the game. And the very last one is 
you must have the fame limit that you're playing towards, say, for example, eight. Once you've done that, complete this last objective. If you're the first to do so, you win. I really like that. And whenever I play, I will always use those. Because then it becomes, not that it's a bad thing, then it becomes sort of a solitaire thing. You've always got an objective to do other than chasing fame points. Right, right. Because mm -hmm. you, you know to win the game, I've got to fill out this sheet. Yes. Of the, or check off each list of these objectives that I got to get done over the course of the game. And certain cards will impact you, but you may need those. Bounties, delivering, reputation, whatever it may be, can hurt you, but you need that to gain the fame. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a balance that you're going to have to have. Balance. <laughs> it's a balance. You're going to have to balance the balance. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was the other one. And I guess the last one uh, basically is, is favor. We use this. We didn't really take a lot of an advantage of it, but the concept is that everybody has a favor token. And any time in your turn, while you own your favor token, it's look, I, I need a favor. Like I need to gain, say, Tony, you have a player skill that I, I could use or need that maybe I don't have that will help me out. Or Mark, I, if, if I give you my favor token, can you allow me to roll one additional die during combat? Or maybe a, uh, a Bert, maybe if I give you my favor token, I can gain one of that one of your players' reputations until the end of the turn, or maybe gain a movement till the end of the turn. So let's say, Tony, I come to you and it's like, hey, I need to borrow your skill. And it's like, well, that's fine. I want your favor token. Mm -hmm. So if I give you my favor token, at any time in the rest of the game, you can return that favor token to me, and I must allow you one of those favors that I just explained to be used on your own. You don't need my permission anymore. It's just a free favor. I own you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you failed. You allowed yourself to get boarded. You know, who jettisons their cargo, that all that good Star Wars lingo that you want to talk about. Which Star Wars was it where they talked about the scum and villainy? Was that the Empire Strikes Back where, you know, you had all the bounty hunters and they were. The, yeah, I think it was. They were they were going In Cloud City. Was it? Is that one? Yeah, that one I think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Okay. It's been a while. It's been a while. Sure. Been a few years. Which is your favorite still? Between all nine? No, there's only three. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Empire Strikes Back, for okay. sure. I enjoy how Return of the Jedi wrapped up, but uh -huh. I mean, the better film is Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And you're air quoting because better is by... I don't know why I air quoted. That was dumb. No, it wasn't dumb. I mean, you may have had a reason. Here, I'll hold my hands up against my chest. Better film. It was a better. Oh, I okay. said better film. I quit. I heard film. 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 It was when a, I'm when I'm looking at it as a film. It's probably, it's probably better overall. Okay. But yeah, those are really the main things: is those new core worlds, new cards, new characters, new ships, and these two variants, favors and the goals. Right. And what's nice is, like I said, Tony. And whenever we sit down and play, uh, those new cards will always be in all those new decks because at the very beginning, uh, the turn is very, very straightforward, right? Uh, the first thing you're going to do is you can heal up all your damage that you've taken on your ship and, and person, stay exactly right where you are and gain 2,000 credits for a job right where you are. It's a way to make money or move. Then you go into your action phase where you can start taking different actions and buying a card from the market. And that's where those extra cards come into play because it just makes each of those stacks a little bit thicker with more options of things to buy, jobs, etc. Now, am I confusing myself, which is very easy to do? Didn't they change the market? Because you could always go to the market and discard the top card and draw and flip over the next one. Yes. Didn't the expansion allow you to do it two cards? 
yeah, up to two cards because now the decks are thicker. That way, if maybe if you're searching for something, you can cycle through it quicker. Right. You needed a certain job. You needed a certain. Yes. Yes. And and that that may not seem like a big thing, but when it came to the ships, you needed a certain ship. Like I needed a ship that allowed me to have three crews to complete my personal objectives. Mm-hmm. I needed to find a a ship that had that many slots. I also needed that real special card that gave. I love this when we played. Roll and get a free ship. That was a big card. I love that card. Now, I tell you, one thing I do like about the ships is the fact that all of them are totally different. So like yeah. some of them had more crews than other crew slots, which maybe gave you additional skills or benefits. Some gave you more upgrade options, maybe better engines, better ways to fight, et cetera. So I love the idea of being able to turn in your existing. That's another thing I like too. You could turn in your existing ship, get credit for it towards the new ship that you buy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Always could turn in stuff. That was good. But did the ships also, I can't, I mean, we've done a lot, but did the the ships have objectives as well or was it just a... Uh, there was a way to gain fame. fame. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically uh, there was like, flip. if you do this, flip over your character, gain a fame. Hey, if you do this with your ship, flip it over, gain a fame. So there's multiple ways to gain fame during the game aside from completing jobs and bounties. Now, it didn't speed up the game. The expansion does not speed no. it. No, no. The box says 120 minutes to 180. That's two to three hours. 100% spot on. Two to three hours easily. Again, going back to you said you love this game. I'm surprised because with four players, there is downtime before you get your next turn. That's okay. I'm all right. Okay. You should be you should be planning it out, but you really can't because if the market is being cycled, then you're like, oh man, I need to be able to do that. Or, well, hey, you just showed up with this um, bounty I need. You flip somebody over. I need that bounty. So, mm-hmm. and there's, and the secrets, I'd forgotten about all the secrets in the game where you can have a secret and certain things happen. Yeah. So the data card deck, a uh, lot of time during the game, it'll say read data card such and such. Some of them may say secret and you don't tell anybody what it is. You just keep it. Did you have a secret card? I did until I got destroyed and I had to turn it in. Well, just out of curious, I didn't get one. What was the secret? think it was the secret was I had to go battle somebody on a planet and I turned them into the Imperials. Oh, did it give you a fame if you yes. succeeded? Yeah. Okay. Or so, it was something along those lines. I know it was short lived because this was, this is something about outer rims. I, I still enjoy is even if I get defeated, I don't feel like I'm being punished tremendously. Yes. I'm going to lose some credits. Yes. I'm going to lose my secrets. Okay. And I lose my next turn. But it's not like my ship gets destroyed and I have to start all over again. You know, I don't have all this huge catch-up mechanic that's going on. Which is in Arkham Horror. Like if your investigator dies, you're basically pulling a brand new investigator out of the deck and resetting the game, which does take time. I really do like this too. You said you lose your next turn. What it actually is, is at the beginning of your next turn, you're planning. The only thing that you can do is heal up. Right. But you can still go to the market and everything after that and take your other actions. That's true. But if you've lost a lot of money, I'm just, you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, there's also, if you're into solo games, there's also some brand new AI opponents. If you play the solo version, I probably never will. This to me is a game that I want to play with friends, you know, two to four players. Well, I guess it's solo. One to four players. Four is going to be a lot longer game. I think three would be fine, though. Well, three will be fine. I mean, definitely not two, because then it just becomes two people being solo, in my right. opinion. Um, one thing I do want to mention here is because it was pointed out in our game, Mandalorian. 
they talk about this at FFG. Go on YouTube and look at where they are talking about um, the expansion, Unfinished Business, and they're going to tell you why Mandalorian is not in there. I don't remember, and I'll be honest with you, I don't pay enough attention to the lore to really understand it. So when they started yabbering about it, I, it just was lost on me. But I do know that they talk about why they didn't put any of the Mandalorian stuff in there. Maybe it's time. Maybe there was a, maybe somebody got, you know, carbon dated or something. I don't know. Don't care. Just don't care. Well, some of the new characters are going to be people, people that know. Uh, Maz Kanata, uh, which is it, they, she was shown in the, the last three films. Cad Bane, who showed up in some of the, uh, the animated stuff uh, and also showed up in uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Chewbacca is now a playable character. Dengar, Hondo. So there's some familiar there, there, but yeah, the Mandalorian is not one of them. And since I have yet to watch it, does not impact me. Right. I want to say my final, and then you can do the same. Like I said at the very beginning, I will never play this game without this expansion. There are some board games when expansion comes out, I feel like you can take it or leave it. And eh, maybe I'll use it. To me, this is almost a must-include if anything, just for the extra cards in the decks, the extra characters, and the fact that you can go from one realm to the other. That alone, if I didn't play the other variants, I would still use that because I think that really amps up the game and makes it even better. So for me, it's a must-have expansion, and it makes a b good game even better. Okay, on my side, same thing. Did a Lost Ruins of Arnak. We talked about that recently and getting that expansion and how it made that game better and definitely more enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. So with the, the Outer Rim, same reasons that whenever I'm looking at an expansion, it isn't to have the complete series of a game. It is what does this bring to the table or how does it bring this game to the table more? And I think with this expansion, it will do that because it gives you those personal goals and that and the Outer Rim are just so needed and I really appreciate them putting that in there. That is Star Wars Outer Rim Unfinished Business, the expansion that was made just to, like I said, uh, wipe the egg off of our face from you know a year or two years ago. From Fantasy Flight Games, coming out this June, we recommend it. So Marty, have you ever known anybody to just say, I do not want to play with a specific color. Do you know anybody like that? Now, typically, Tony, people are like, I want to play with a specific color. They have their favorite, but there's only one person I know that says, I do not want to play with that particular color. And that happens to be, I'm calling him out, Tony. I'm going to call him out on this podcast. That is our game buddy, weekly game buddy, Mark, who when he sits at the table, it's like, I'll be any color except yellow. So now we have a running joke is... Mark's usually the last one to our game night. And we tell him, if you don't get here by the time you said you would get here, you automatically get yellow. And we've stuck to our word because he's come into McAllister and sit down. He'll look down. It's like, crap, it's the yellow pieces. And I love that we have started that. But wouldn't it be great if we could just take that and build on it? Oh, wait, I think we can. Ultra Pro for June is highlighting the color lemon yellow that's right if you want to go over to ultra pro like now and look for like yellow binders yellow deck keepers yellow dice vaults lemon yellow is the color hey 
What do you do when you have lemons? You make lemon yellow stuff. You don't need to make lemonade. You can make <laughs> lemon you, yellow stuff. Did you play Portal 2? No, I, I... Yeah, it's Cave Johnson, one of the funniest characters in video games, when he says, when life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed <laughs> to do with those? It was the first time I played that, and I was just dying laughing at that quote. So, boy, that was a, that was a bad tangent. I am so sorry, but lemons are yellow. They are, and you can pick up the lemon yellow colors over at ultrapro.com. Head over there. So hold on. So you, you know, I think what we should be doing is buying some of this for Mark. Oh, yeah. So look, we know you need to protect your commander decks. Here, here's a yellow uh, deck box, or here's some yellow sleeves to sleeve all your cards. Oh, what I'm going to do is they've got all their yellow dice, lemon yellow dice on sale. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to pull out the, if we got dice games, I'm just going to pull out those dice and put them on the table next to him and say, those are yours. You're not only using those, you're not using these in the other games. I'm sorry, done. It's over. That's the way it's going to be with this lemon yellow. And I think that, you know, there'll be other colors in the future, but lemon yellow is the one for the month of June. But what else do they have, Marty, for this month? Well, they got the Eclipse two-piece boxes, and these are multicolor boxes for storing decks. They're translucent, so you can see through them really nice boxes. There's glitter satin towers, which are super nice. My sons really love the the towers uh, from Ultra Pro for storing their commander decks because uh, there's like a compartment on the bottom for storing tokens, etc., and then a big uh, deck box for storing uh, all your cards and everything. And, oh, I love Pokemon. I love Pokemon. And this month they're featuring Lucario accessories, which happens to be my son's Adam favorite Pokemon. Why? Lucario. I'm not sure, but he's always loved Lucario. And in Super Smash, you can play as Lucario. Oh, And that's okay. one of his favorite characters to play also. But they have uh, like binders and play mats and everything. So hey, if you're into the Pokemon trading card game and you have uh, an affinity for Lucario, you have those accessories also. So be sure to head over to ultrapro.com for all your gaming needs. Tony, you just recently posted a poll on our guild over at uh, BGG saying, what subscription service would you keep if you could only keep one as it relates to videos? And then you listed a bunch of subscription services like Hulu, HBO Max, etc. I was really surprised at the number one. Number one was Disney+. It's Star Wars. Everybody's all in the Star Wars thing, man. In the, in the Marvel. kids. Yeah. I have a news for it's you. Having Yes. What? In 10 days, on June 14th, Disney Plus finally will be available in Poland. So nice. after all these years, me seeing on the Facebook wall all these spoilers about <laughs> Mandalorian and WandaVision <laughs> and all other things that you, my friends from Gen Con and America, post. Oh my God, the new episode of WandaVision. How amazing. And I was just patiently waiting and waiting and waiting. And in 10 days, I'll be finally able to watch this, all the Hokey and Mandalorian, etc., etc. So, yeah. Nice. Very excited of what's coming. And maybe I will take a break from work to catch up with all these shows, Obi-Wan, etc. Yeah, I'm currently watching Obi-Wan. We're three episodes into that. It's okay. It's not... So, it's not real so, long so, what, so what would be my first choice? What you would recommend? I have a Disney Plus in 10 days. What should I start with? Well, do you want to go Marvel or Star Wars? 
I love everything. I'm a geek. Like uh, you just told me, what's the <laughs> first show I need to start with? Mandalorian. I think Mandalorian is really, really good. The uh, the second uh, on the poll was Netflix, and I'm not really surprised by that either. And uh, you watch anything on Netflix right now? Uh, just finished this uh, animated series, third season, Love Death Robots. Uh, I love, I love everything. Uh, the first season, the second season, and the third season didn't disappoint me. And today, uh, afternoon and the evening, I'm starting with my wife Mary, Stranger Things, uh, last season. My daughter was trying to binge it yesterday in the night, uh, but she failed after the four episodes because it was too late. Uh, but I, I told them no spoilers because dad is watching today. So today I'm just starting <laughs> to watch Stranger Things. I don't know if I saw it, if I will see it all during the weekend or I will take more time but Stranger Things I loved absolutely I loved the first season I liked the second season I didn't like the third one uh, but I have a huge hopes for the fourth season based on the tra trailers so here you go I finished or we finished uh, Stranger Things 4 it's, it's broken up into two parts right part one it is my favorite season right behind season one it is so good and What what's so good is there's not a lot of spoilers. There's not like a, something I could tell you that would be like, why did you let me know that? Because you'd have to kind of know the story to really be spoiled by anything. Mm -hmm. So that's what's nice. I love this. It's not like in, let's say, WandaVision. Like, be careful. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, see what? Be careful. <laughs> I was getting ready to say something. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so it's not like it, it's not like an Empire Strikes Back when it's like, hey, guess what? Uh, Darth Vader's Luke's dad. There's no like big reveal okay. or anything like that, so you, you you're safe. But I can't wait to see what you think on Stranger Things 4, because I I really enjoyed it. Tony, are you? Do you even have any streaming services? Uh, by default, I do have Disney Plus because of our cell phone bill, so I do get that. Yep. And have I watched WandaVision? No. Have I watched Mandalorian? No. Have I watched Loki? Just two episodes of it. Have I watched, uh, let's see, what else were you talking about? I don't know. No. So you're not going to watch Obi-Wan? It's out right now? Mm, there's no reason to uh, at this time. Okay. I mean, uh, it just comes down to time. It's, it's, I look at what Donna enjoys on her DVR and how many cop shows there are. If, if <laughs> Disney were to ever come out with a bunch of cop shows, then yeah, we'd be all over it. That's why I thought she'd enjoy Loki, because I thought it was kind of like a cop show. I can understand that you are complaining on this bugs eating event, but complaining on Disney Plus, what the hell? <laughs> I'm not complaining. I mean, I, I haven't seen, you know, movies in forever. It's just I live in my little vacuum and I'm happy here. Wow. Uh, so uh, right before we started, you said you. Uh, I'm going. I'm leaving it. <laughs> see, I, this is why I got to tell somebody else who watches stuff. You just watched Top Gun Maverick, is that right, Nasi? Top uh, Gun Maverick. Uh, I'm afraid of flying, so the movie about the planes maybe not the best idea. But my wife loves planes, so she. I said, okay, I'm inviting you for the cinema. We go watch some planes. I love the movie because you know there was action, shooting, and lots of fun moments. Mary said. Planes were okay, but she didn't like it because it was melodramatic and everybody was in love and it was boring, wow. blah, 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 blah. So I was very surprised because I enjoyed it. I didn't plan it. She didn't enjoy it and I hoped she will enjoy it. 
So very confusing. Mm. But for me, uh, Ma- uh, Top Gun Maverick, uh, huge salute to the first uh, movie. Like there is uh, so many moments and uh, parts of the movie that are paying tribute to the to the first to the first movie. I enjoyed it. I like action movies. So yeah. Yep, I loved it too. Loved it. Fantastic. One of the best movies I've seen in a long time, and it's doing really well. Tony, we should go see it sometime. I, I maybe I will, but I will say this: if you turn on normal TV. Doesn't matter what of these cable channels you're going to see Top Gun. I, it's on. I think it's on seven by twenty four right now. I'm just like, oh gosh. I see that Tony is not watching anything. Tony, did you watch the Dune, the new Dune? Uh, I did watch Dune. I did. Oof. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Okay. Yes, I did get that. And I, and I knew. <laughs> reminds me of those movies where you like the Lord of the Rings. I didn't know it wasn't going to continue. Good thing I knew that it was ending and it wasn't going to continue because I was like, and I had to prepare my wife for that one. She was like, it was good. And she goes, is this going to go anywhere later? And I said, if they got enough money, they'll make another one. Oh yeah. They've already, they've already named uh, another movie we've done. They've already said it. Well, all right, Ignacy, uh, this is amazing. It's always so much fun having you on and talking and everything like that. And and uh, we're going to be seeing each other several times uh, over the summer, which is going to be fun. Kind of a recap. Got Batman out right now. You got Gutenberg coming out this week. Brazil coming out of Gen Con. Big summer. I'm coming to Charlotte. I'm coming to meet you guys. And I'm super, super uh, hopeful for a fun time. Just one <laughs> super serious request. I'm not going to eat any crazy bugs or things like that. Like we can do fun stuff, but not fun crazy eating. I don't. I don't know. I think a live uh, taste buds with Ignacy would be pretty amazing. It'll be good stuff. We'll we'll go with some American based cookies or something. That's a good idea. We can come up with some Southern style foods that maybe he hasn't tried and see what he thinks, like grits. Have you tried grits? I haven't. I never heard about this, so I doubt it. Okay, that's that's one of them is grits. I I I am afraid of your enjoyment at this moment. Like, <laughs> no, I love grits. Okay, okay, I, I love grits. Did the dog close the door himself? <laughs> no, the dog did not there. close it. Uh, my wife came and got him. Okay, she came up and got him. So they they have left. They have left. They've sniffed butts and they've moved on. They've left the building. Dear listeners, you have no clue how it is to record podcasts with these two dudes. Like, this is so much <laughs> things happening in the background. Yeah. Okay. So, I I didn't knew I was babysitting dogs. This is the first time they've hung around me. That's, what, that's what's been so wild. They've attached themselves to me, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I've walked them every day. Maybe, maybe they wanted to see me in the camera. Actually, one of them loves Zoom calls. The... The one she will watch people. I when I would do a meeting with Zoom, she's in my lap wanting to watch people. So like, kind of like the cat on your shoulder. I still have that picture. I love that picture. We are just digressing. Let's end this thing, Marty. Let's roll some dice and take some names. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to Ignacy for coming on. Remember, if you want to go buy some tickets for our strike tournament, head out to buymeamoonpie.com. You can also support the show there. Join us on Discord, where we love hanging out with people in our Discord channel. And we hope to see you maybe Origins or Southern Fry Gaming Expo and at Gen Con. See you next episode. Oh, I see spinning dots. Now you see you.
You're still spinning dots to me. It must be the connection between us and, and me and Wichita. All right, so I'll leave. <laughs> How do you leave? Disconnect? Disconnect. Stop licking your butt. How about now? No? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. I've got I've got some bullet points. We'll just see what happens. Lord. Hold on, just don't have to let a dog out. Checking. No, she's good. All right. It's hard to believe, but uh, watching the podcast being recorded is even more funny than actual ep- episodes. So, like, <laughs> yeah. it's tough. <laughs> 